Welcome to the Expert Ownership Podcast, where we launch faith-filled entrepreneurs into greater freedom and success. But you know what? It's more than that. We want to help you thrive in the midst of today's cancel culture. Our goal is to raise up workplace warriors who will stand for what they believe in, whatever the cost. You can find out more by visiting expertownership.com. But without further ado, here we go. I've been really, really feeling Welcome to the Expert Ownership Podcast. This is where we help launch faith-filled entrepreneurs into greater freedom and success. David, did you know that this was, that's what... Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> that's, see, that's why you're the host. You're just, you're here to remind, you're here to remind Jason. That's right. Jason's just so distracted. Boy, I'm just a, I'm a mess. You are. Well, I'm here with David and Jason Boredom. Boredom. <laughs> How long, do yeah. you just think of that? Like, yeah, I just come up you, with an You alter- wake up in the morning and, and you're laying alter- in bed. <laughs> Anything that starts with a B. Yeah, it's kind of an alt last name with two syllables. Sounds about yeah. like yeah. Bedlam, Beckham, Boredom, Benin. They all work. Anyways, I'm your host, Larry Hubeka. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're going to talk about hiring, building a team, making sure you get the right people with you as you're putting your organization together. So who you should keep, who you should fire, and the one profile you should never, ever hire. There yeah, is one. That's so good. That's there is clever. One. Never, ever hire this kind of person. Just saying, it's really important to get this right. I mean, we're having, in fact, this morning we had a conversation. Yes. We had a conversation about personnel just in general and the demand that bad personnel decision-making puts on you, the weight that you have to carry, yes. because you feel responsible as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. Well, you, first you feel responsible to them, like, okay, they're sick or they're not doing this or they're not doing that or whatever it may be. And, and we, we, we think about them and rightfully so. But as an entrepreneur, as a kingdom entrepreneur, we actually have to think about our customer and our client that's actually paying for our service or our product. And they're paying us. And we, like for me and my company, I'm the leader. And wait, are you saying you're the leader? And of Jesus all of them. Not? Yeah, no, he's, he's just, he's just in my wake. Yeah. And so it is I'm funny though, on corporate documents, David is always VP. That's just because I felt I wanted to give Jason and not P. I just wanted to give Jason just a little something to hold on to since he's my little brother. You so know? anyway, but, but, but people are giving us the business and then basically they're saying, in essence, I trust you to deliver what it is I'm paying for. And then you're in turn hiring people or you're bringing on staff, whether it's independent contractors or full-time, whatever it may be, to deliver what they are entrusting to you. And if they're not delivering it, well, I'm sick today and there's low communication or whatever. There's a breach of trust there if you feel so bad for that person that you're not willing to make a very difficult decision. Because because what you have to you have to think about that person that has entrusted you with the task at hand. Not to mention that's that, hard to think about. Yeah, I agree with you. And and that's incredible insight. Not to mention the fact that if somebody is just they're just underperforming. There's a possibility that they're not built to do this specific role. And for whatever reason that they got into this role to begin with, we do them a great disservice by allowing them to stay there. You know, with Expert Ownership, with the book we wrote, the digital course we have at expertownership.com, don't forget that. But you know, when you, when you roll through the course, you'll see Jason and I, we talk about the very first thing that we have to do as leaders. We have to look and say, okay, is there a system problem, right? Do I have a system or is this person the system? 
Like I'm just leave, I'm leaving all the tasks to them. I mean, that's just not fit for anybody to really succeed. But is there a system problem? Can I solve this with a good system? So, and that, that relies on you. But then it, it could be, is this a leadership problem? Like, am I a bad communicator? Have I been clear with my goals and my objectives and my key performance indicators? Like, are, is there a clarity problem in my leadership? Then there could be, is there a, a lane assignment that's off? Are they in the wrong lane? Am I asking a marketing mind to be a processor? Or am I asking, you know, an administrator to communicate things? And it's like, well, you know, you got to get them in the right lane. Or as, you know, Michael Gerber with Emith would say, get them on the right seat in the bus. No, that's Jim Collins. Jim Collins. Good to great. Good to great. Sorry. But anyway, but I do like Gerber and Emith. He. So, so he. anyway, but then, of course, you can finally get down to the bottom line and say, okay, is this a personality or a character problem? And that right there, or a communication problem. And quite often when there's a lack of communication, as we've said before, negativity always fills the void. You're never too sick, unless you're like in a horrific automobile accident or something. You're never too sick to simply say, hey Siri, call, boom. And tell people, like your your folks that are, I knew, Siri just did it. Doggone it. Well, what'd you say hey Siri for? Okay, uh, hey S, no, now she's doing it again, Jason. Stop that. This is is a total dumpster fire, guy. (laughs) Hey S-I-R-I, call so-and-so. There's never a reason why your employee or those that are working for you should be dropping the ball on tasks that have been, and I'm going to use the word again, entrusted to you on behalf of another to deliver. That, that little trust right there is fractured if you don't deal with your personnel problems quickly. I agree. This is parable of the talents all over. When God has put it in your hands and you decide that you're not going to address it, handle it appropriately... That's what you may not have the opportunity to do it in the future. Or if you're so empathetic that you can't possibly do it. Well, they said they were sick. It's like, okay, well, hold on. There's a perpetual sickness I'm starting to see. There's a pattern here. Or yes. you're never too sick to call. You're yes. never. Well, I can't use my hands. Well, you're never too sick to say, hey, S-I-R-I. See, I didn't do it. <laughs> She's not going <laughs> to. Do you see what I'm saying? I do. It's I just understand exactly simple. what you're saying. You know, I've heard it uh, summarized before that when there is a challenge with an employee or personnel, it's usually a skill issue, a knowledge issue, or a capacity issue. I'm not positive that that plays out entirely with what you just said, but I think it's very similar. Yeah, that, very similar. That you know, we, we have to decide, one, as leaders, can we identify what the actual shortcoming is and then respond appropriately? Yeah, and if they have the number one trait we teach that you have to have in all your personnel is loyalty. If they have loyalty to you, your brand, and your vision, well, then you can work with them for the most part. There are times where when you can't, you know, that's where David and I get into the four different types of workers. Yeah, talk about this. And this, this is, is important because this is also something that you, you got to teach your kids. And I mean, I, I see it with my kids because all kids are born level four workers, but I'll just walk you through level one through four. Level one worker is someone who can walk into a room. They see what needs to be done and they do it without asking anybody, without needing to be asked. They just do what needs to be done. Right, they're, they're they're deductive thinkers. They go in and make decisions on their own, and they get it done. Level two worker is somebody who walks into a room, see what needs to be done, and asks, "Hey, can I can I help?" You know, or let's just say it's the person after you know you, you have somebody over for dinner, and they see you there cleaning up the dishes. Hey, can can I help? Like, sure, you know, whatever, and they just jump in. Okay, and then and then the third level is someone who walks into a room, sees what needs to be done and waits until they're asked, and when they're asked, they do it. 
With no complaints. The level four worker is someone who walks into a room, sees what needs to be done, and walks out of the room because he doesn't want to be asked. Or he doesn't see what needs to be done. He's too busy thinking about himself. Or, you know, on his phone or whatever. So you've got the level one, two, three, four. Your level ones are typically your business owners. They're the people that, that can see a problem and can figure out a way to solve it and don't need anybody over the top of them. They're self-starters. They can do it and they're willing to take a risk. Those businesses that are often owned by level ones are managed by level twos, right? And then the best employees are level threes. The, the, the people who are a level three who, so long as you give them a good job description and a good system, yeah, that they can operate through and management over them, they're going to be the greatest employees and they're actually going to be satisfied with being an employee forever until retirement. Those who are level twos who are operating as employees, they want management as fast as possible, but the level ones they really don't function well inside of a business. Yeah, and, and that's where they Jason, want out of it. In our first in, in our first several years of business, Jason and I attracted several level ones. But by God's grace, we instinctively knew I need to start a business with this person. So they're gonna work for us for a year or two. And then I need to start a business with them. And we did, because you can't keep them in the company. They're just gonna go and do their own thing. And heaven forbid, if they didn't have good character, they'll take part of your company with them. Which has happened to you. Exactly. Yeah. We've, done, we've seen that before. So you don't sit there and try to hire level ones that are just like you. That's foolishness. you got to hire twos and threes. Well, I think our people, I agree with you, by the way. And I think our people want to feel encouraged that we believe that what God has for them is what we also want for them. And so as we actually help raise them up, so let's say we've got level one employees working for us. If God's design for them and his calling on their life is to go and build something, Great. We're not yeah. going to stop you from doing that. But do yeah. we think that you can build something and still be a part of what God is doing here? Because if the two can actually overlap some, we may still have a future together. It doesn't yeah. automatically mean you have to run and do your own thing. And there's t there's time. There's a certain time frame for when you should hire each one. So if you're in uh, business startup mode, you obviously are a one. If you're going to bring on a partner, you need a one. But if you're going to have your, your first hire needs to be a two. Somebody that can see what needs to be done. And then we'll ask you, okay, so is this how it should be done or whatever? That's great. If you're in startup mode and you hire a level three, oh. you will want to jump off a bridge. I, I had this happen. Had a guy that I knew who had just started his business and had hired this, this young dude. And uh, we were on a project together and I was watching how the young dude was interacting. And that, that young kid honestly was on his phone more than he should have been. And I noticed that he wouldn't do anything Unless my buddy went over there and asked him. And when my buddy asked him, he's like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll go do it. I'll go, I'll go get this. I'll go do that or whatever. And so then at lunch, I was talking to my buddy and I said, you hired yourself a level three. And I know this is one of your first hires. Fire him. Get rid of him. Because you will not be able to grow your business with that person. That person has to see what needs to be done. Already bought into your vision. So you got the loyalty there. See what needs to be done. And then just ask you for guidance. It, you cannot have somebody that you've got to, you've got to kick, you know, Truett Cathy said, I'd rather restrain a mule, uh, restrain a Mustang than kick a mule. The level three often sometimes can come across as a mule. Now the level four is the type of person that really has, is, is anxious toward work. You know, they would, they would love for somebody in the office to get COVID so they can go home. Does level four always require being terminated? Yes. Always. Get not not always. Four. Not I think so. Well, of course, if they, if they remain a level four, but I think that there's a there's a there's a kind of a path here, especially for kingdom entrepreneurs in terms of discipleship. You gotta know what you're getting into, or maybe you thought you were hiring a three and they're actually a four. Then you have to be abundantly clear. You gotta have the crucial conversation. 
you got to set up expectations. By the way, if you go into Expert Ownership on Facebook, our private community, you got to request to get in it. And if we let you in, well, you, you gotta, can go back and listen yeah. to Eric Beck, who is our master coach, talk about how to have a crucial conversation. It's on video. It's part of our archives. It is amazing. And he'll be with us in Miami the last day of March, the first three days of April at an amazing event, four days of, of concentrated coaching. So it's four months of coaching in four days, and we help with alignment. We help with these conversations. Anyway, go to expertownership.com, by the way. Okay, so Jason and I, you can take a level four. You've got to be incredibly clear, but then there's a timeline. They have to shift to a three within 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, whatever you set up. And, uh, and you, but you're abundantly clear with them and it becomes a discipleship because if they choose not to turn into a three and shift up maybe to a two, then their time with you is over, but at least you've done your best. And you don't have to feel bad about firing somebody like that. I mean, how do we grow? How do you grow strong? You go into the weight room. How do you grow strong? You have to strain your muscles. You have to go through hard heartache. You have to go through pain to get that power. So when you're bringing somebody on and you're taking a risk, you're like, I really don't know if this is going to work. Bring them on with your mindset, your mindset, knowing this may be a, a growing opportunity for this person, which means I'm prepared to fire them within two weeks, right? Bring them on prepared like that. I'm saying if you aren't quite sure about the person, if you're sure about the person, you know, give them their three month trial or whatever, but you bring them on knowing that when you do fire them, that's actually the best thing that could have ever happened. You are, you are helping them in the same way that Jesus, when the rich young ruler said, hey, what can I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you got to do this, this, and this. And he said, well, I've already done all that. He says, yeah, but there's one thing you haven't done. And so then Jesus told him the one thing he didn't want to tell him, and it drove him away. Lord willing, that guy got saved you know, years later when he started hearing the stories of what really happened with Jesus, this, this rabbi who actually died on a cross and was raised again. And maybe even this guy might've been one of the 500 that saw him, the rich young ruler. I like to think that he was and he ended up and he'll be in heaven one day, but yet Jesus was willing to send him away and he didn't go chasing after him. So we've got to be willing to send people away. And it said he went away disheartened. Yeah, it ripped his heart out. Ripped his heart out. So you cannot lead with your heart and your emotions. You can't over-empathize. Now, you do need heart, you do need emotions, and you do need empathy, but you can't let it get too far ahead. Okay, before we get into this, this big, just audacious hook that we started this podcast with, which is the, if you're an entrepreneur, the one profile you need to absolutely stay away from at all costs, I do want to ask one question about these levels of workers. Do you believe somebody can actually level up? Can you yeah. go from a four to a one? Uh -huh, can you yes. go from just a four to a three? Yeah, and that, I think that's why when you see some irresponsible 18-year-old teenage boy enter the army and he comes back a different human being, it was going through that discipline of, you know, my 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 unit is bigger than just I am. I've got to make my bed. I've, I've got to be reliable, that kind of thing. And they recognize authority. They've leveled up at that moment. So and, yeah, you can. And I, do, I believe it deals with hope which is specifically tied to our vision. So if we can align our vision with our system and our operations and our key performance indicators and their tasks, I believe that it would fill them with hope and they actually will level up naturally because they, they're part of something that's bigger than themselves, which is, of course, what we handle in Miami. Amazing. Yeah. All right. An answer, finally, to what we started this podcast with. The profile that you should never, ever hire. Now... I'm going to say there's a caveat here. There's a disclaimer I've got to throw on the front of this. 
maybe you want to hire somebody that's like mediocre and terrible and you want to have like a very moderate business that's just mildly successful. You can hire whoever you want. Yeah. If you want a successful business and you want to continue growing and actually build this platform that can not just be a destination for you, but a, a foundation, a launch point or a launch pad for yeah. future growth and the kind of kingdom impact you can have, then you've got to have this profile in mind. And it's the profile you want is somebody with a growth mindset. The profile you absolutely do not want is somebody who operates with a limited mindset. So I'm going to give you three scenarios and then I'm going to tell you what somebody with a growth mindset does and what somebody with a limited mindset does in the same scenario. This is good. And by the way, when I was actually doing some research on this episode of the podcast, I was surfing around on Twitter. You guys ever heard of it? And (laughs) Occasionally. Yeah. And I came across, I, I don't even know who this person is. I mean, frankly, we may be totally misaligned on every value. I have no idea. But I had a pastor who used to say, uh, it is okay to eat the fish and leave the bones. So I'm not vouching for this person, but I'm telling you that Dr. Julie Gurner, this post is from her Twitter account, and um, I thought it was fantastic. I read it and I said, I wish I came up with that. It's so Mm -hmm. good. Okay, so let me read you a few things. Three questions and the difference between a growth mindset versus a limited mindset. So if you ask the question, hey, tell me about a time that you failed. Here's what somebody with a growth mindset would do or how they would respond. They'll discuss different takeaways, things that they learned. They'll oftentimes discuss some of the adjustments they had to make after the failure, things that they had to do to kind of like level up their game. Growth mindset. Limited mindset. They'll focus more on, honestly, their own flaws or their shortcomings or their personal deficiencies, right? This, the emphasis will be on something entirely different, not what I learned and how, can I can, how, I can, how I can improve, but here's why I messed up. Mm. Very different That's response. Good. Second question, how do you take on things you don't know much about? So somebody with a growth mindset would say something more like, well, I'm up for the challenge. I think I can learn most anything. I mean, I don't know how to do that at the moment, but I think I can figure it out. Limited mindset. Mm, I don't generally like to do new things. I like Mm -hmm. to uh, dismiss them. I don't feel like I'm capable or competent enough to do that. Okay, pretty straightforward. So we don't want that because that person's going to feel like, and especially if you're starting a new business, the amount of new that you oh. do on a daily basis. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, we need problem solvers. We need people who can tackle this with us. Yeah. Okay, third question. How do you respond to new ideas or new technology or just new systems that we put in place? Growth mindset. Oh, I want to learn all that I can. I want to evaluate it. I want to jump in. I want to mess around with new things and figure out if there are greater opportunities or better ways to improve our systems. Limited mindset. No, nope. I'm resistant. I'm going to keep my distance. Keep my distance. And honestly, I like doing it the old way. I've always done it that way. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Yeah. So growth mindset, yes. We love growth mindset people and the way that you identify them obviously makes a big difference. Limited mindset people, stay away from them at all costs at the hiring hiring stage. The problem is oftentimes we find friends and as we're starting businesses, we want to pull our friends in. We want to pull people we know. We want to feel known. We want to pull known variables in and feel like, okay, I trust these people. Well, trust is not always enough for mm-hmm. you to be building a business with these people. That's right. Growth mindset is everything. Mm, yeah. Especially early on with startups, they've got to figure out how to uh, jump in with you. And one of you said it a second ago, if they don't have a vision for this and they can't own it with you, then they're not going to be anything more than renters. And renters are tough to build on. Mm, yeah. Owners, you can do a lot with them. Yeah, I love it. they buy into it. Expert you know, there's a, great, there's a great book that I think everybody should read that kind of goes hand in hand with a lot of those questions is Who Moved My Cheese? Did you ever read that? I love that. Oh, such a good book. It's yeah, one of the first books read. I read. Very easy parable kind of thing, but 
very, very good book I read at the beginning of business that really helps you with, with having a growth mindset. Plus, you love cheese. Gouda. Oh, my uh, gosh. Emmenthaler. Provolone. Emmenthaler. See, I don't know the name of all the cool cheeses, but I got this charcuterie board. Is it charcuterie or charcu- uh, charcuterie? Charcuterie. Yeah, charcuterie. charcuterie. Which is technically, I think, only the meats. No, is but it? it's got cheese on it, well, too. Well, I think you do a meat and cheese yeah. like, board, but the charcuterie With, like, is some almonds that are smoked with, like, it's oil. Very, on. like, oh, Americanized charcuterie. It was the best cheese I'd ever eaten, but I wouldn't know the name of it. Okay, wh- why did we even say that? Okay, the deal is... Jason moved someone's cheese. Because like, level ones, if you have level... You can... Level ones are great, but you better be careful. You better either set up a business with them and go partner with them, or you need to release them to launch their own thing because they will take your thing. Level twos and threes, you can build all day long. Level fours, you cannot build with a level four. However, you can take on a level four if you know that you're going to level them up through a strategic vision that gives them hope. You're either going to level them up or let them go. I like it. Okay, own it or loan it. Hiring friends. Okay, so we, for us, we did hire friends. Hired a lot of them and only had to let a couple go. But even when we did let them go, we gave them such good severance packages that (laughs) they were like, they were like, oh wow, that's great. So I don't have to work, and I get. I think own it. If you know in your mind, if this doesn't work out, I need to give them a two or three month runway. That way they can always say, holy cow, I never would have gotten that from anyone else. So Jason and I, when we hired friends, we knew there's a significant runway. So if they don't work out, we're going to be hooking them up because that relationship matters more than our than our money. And, and then secondly, I would say, so in my podcast that I do with my wife, this is Jason, by the way, Beauty and Battle, we talked about emotional to transactional thinking. I think you need to go listen to that, and then you need to think if my friend can be a transactional thinker, not just an emotional thinker, like, hey, this is our, hey, we're boys here, you know? No, 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 let's be transactional for a second. This needs to be done, and it's got to be done by this date, and if it's not done by this date, your pay will be affected or your job will be affected. If they can't move into the transaction, don't hire them. You're so smart. (laughs) Really, really really smart you're really smart all right let's get out of here don't forget impact over income we don't mind if you pursue both just please do us a favor get that order right because it makes a difference we'll see you next episode I've been